the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time once again for another look into God's infallible book as we welcome you to another broadcast of the Riches of Grace. This program is the radio voice of Grace School of the Bible and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex. And my friend, I'm certainly glad to be able to welcome you to another opportunity for us to study God's Word together. It's always a joy to be able to turn to the Scriptures and to have the Spirit of God to speak to us through His Word. Today we're going to return to Galatians chapter number 4, and there's a fascinating uh, allegory that the Apostle Paul tells here. Have you ever wondered if Abraham is our father? As he says in in Galatians chapter 3, he says that uh, Abraham is the father of all them that believe. If Abraham is our father, spiritually speaking, then who is our mother? You ever wonder about that? I mean, if you have a father, you'd need to have a mother, wouldn't you? Well, there's an allegory that Paul is going to tell here in Galatians chapter 4. He's going to relate where he identifies uh, the mother of us all. It's a fascinating story, and it's not just a story. An allegory, um, verse twenty. Uh, four here in Galatians four it says, which is an allegory. Uh, for these are the two covenants. Um, an allegory uh, that word means a spiritual application of a historical event. Uh, it's actually a combination of two Greek words. One, uh, alos, the, the the idea of of another, and then to speak. And in other words, here's here's a historical event, something that happened, but that event represents a spiritual truth. It's a, it, it's a representation of a spiritual principle and truth. And that's what Paul's going to do here. Uh, and he addresses very clearly, chapter 4, verse 21, he addresses a lot of, a lot of you that are listening today. Uh, Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? You know, that's an amazing verse right there to me. You that desire to be under the law, you folks that just want to be religious. God never gave but one religion in all of human history. I've said that so many times. He gave it to the nation Israel through the hands of Moses, and it's called the law. You that want to be religious, don't you hear what you're saying? Don't you really understand? Do you really know what it means to be under the law? Um, you know, you hear people in, in the, the civil world, the, the secular world, say, give me liberty or give me death. I want freedom right now. But when it comes to the things of God... People want to have rules and regulations and laws. Well, we just, brother Rick, we, we just, we just, we just want to do our part. Well, if that's your attitude today, you just want to do your part. 
Paul said, you that desire to be under the law, you that want to have something to do that you do, that you perform, that you accomplish, that makes God happy with you, that makes you acceptable to God, he said, don't you hear the law? Don't you have any idea what it means to be under the law? What's he talking about? Well, what does the law say? Now we know, Paul says, Romans 3.19, that whatsoever things the law saith, here, here's what the law says, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become, listen, guilty before God. How is that? For by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. You say, Brother Rick, what is he talking about? Galatians 3.10, For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, now listen carefully, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. You see, that's what the law says. The law says, you want to do your part? Okay, here's your part. You have to be perfect. Man said one time to go to heaven, you got to be perfect. <laughs> I said, whoa, wait a minute. I'm not perfect. He said, that's right, and that's what sin is. You see, you that desire to be under the law, you that want to perform, do something to get God to accept you, to make God happy with you, you think that maybe observing, as they were in Galatia, days and months and times and years, ceremonies, having the gifts, the sacraments, the ceremonial correctnesses, the prayers, the whatever it might be for you, that doing that is going to give you an acceptance before God. He said, don't you hear the law? The law says if you're going to depend on what you do, you've got to do it perfectly. And what the law does is it holds up a mirror and it shows you who you really are. You don't do it perfectly. So you that desire to be under the law, if you want to be religious today and you're doing what you do involved in the things of God to try to get God's acceptance of you because of your performance, don't you hear what God says? You have to be perfect. You're not perfect. So you've got a problem. Romans 10 verse 3 says about the nation Israel that they have a zeal of God but not according to knowledge. They desire to be under the law, but they don't hear the law. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. So Paul says, you that desire to be under the law, don't you hear what the law says to you? It says you have to be perfect. You're not perfect. So it says you're guilty. You didn't make it. Now, he's going to use an illustration from the history of the nation Israel in its earliest forms with Abraham that demonstrates this principle. Verse 20, Galatians 4.22, for it is written, Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. Now, you know the story of Abraham. He had Ishmael, and he had Isaac. Ishmael was the son of Hagar. Isaac is the son of uh, uh, Sarah. Verse 23, 
But he who was born, who was of the bondwoman, was born after the flesh. But he of the free woman was born by promise. In other words, Ishmael came as a result of Abraham trying to help God out. Abraham, God had promised Abraham. You remember the story back in Genesis uh, uh, 16. God had promised Abraham a son, a seed. He told him, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And Abraham was getting old. He and Sarah were getting beyond the, the stage where they could have a child, naturally, in their, in their, in their age bracket. Um, Abraham began to wonder, how's it going to happen? In Genesis 15, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, is, is, this, is Eleazar my servant? Is he the one? Is it going to be somebody, you know, not my literal son, but maybe this, this my servant here, he's going to have the son, and it's going to be him. The Lord said, no, no, Abraham, I'm going to make you a father, and your seed, your son, is going to become a great nation, and through him, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. And that's when, in Genesis 15, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. He believed God about that seed that he was going to have. But time went on, and they still didn't have any children. And so, in order to help God out, Sarah suggested to Abraham that he take Hagar. Maybe he means, Abraham, that you're going to have a seed, but not with me. Maybe you need to have it with my handmaiden. And so, in an attempt to help God out, that's what he's talking about, being born of the flesh, being born of human viewpoint, human planning, human effort. Oh, Abraham believed God was going to give him a son, but now he's going to, it's going to be his works that are going to accomplish it. And so he goes in to Hagar and has Ishmael. And Abraham was just trying to help God fulfill his promise, help God fulfill his word. Ishmael was was the result of Abraham trying to help God out. It was the result of human viewpoint, human effort, human working. But then Isaac, well, he was born by promise. Isaac came into the life of Abraham and Sarah as a result of God working. When Abraham and Sarah got to the place where they were physically completely unable to have children, um, Romans chapter 4, verse 19 says that when Abraham was about 100 years old, he didn't regard the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, Abraham and Sarah, humanly speaking, were unable to have a child. God waited until Abraham could not have any question that he couldn't have any part in having a kid. Now, you know, there's a strange thing uh, with regard to human life. We, we, we have the ability to procreate way into, in, into late life. God waited till Abraham's up there in the hundred <laughs> the, uh, range where there was no question that he couldn't have a child, no question that Sarah couldn't have a child. They couldn't do it on their own. It had to be simply God himself. And Isaac's birth, Isaac was not, he was miraculously conceived. It wasn't a virgin birth like Christ was, but it was certainly a miracle birth like John the Baptist's was. Isaac 
Well, his birth was a result of God working. It was a result of what God had said. It was a result of the promise that God had made. So they had these two boys, Ishmael, who was a result of trying Abraham trying to help God out. Abraham planning and working and, and scheming and trying to perform to get God's program underway, to get God's blessing. Abraham, uh, 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 Ishmael and his mother Hagar speak of the law. Verse 24 here in Galatians 4, which things are an allegory. For these are the two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth bondage, which is Hagar. And this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage to her children, with her children. Notice that Ishmael speaks of the law. Hagar and Ishmael, they speak of the performance-based religion. They're an illustration of what it's like when you're trying to live under the law. You're going back, and you're not going back to, the, to Abraham and, and, and Sarah. You're going back to Abraham and Hagar. And what you produce is an Ishmael. You produce a, a kid that God says, isn't my seed, and I won't have him. We're going to read on down. We'll look at it next time on down at the end of this chapter where God says, throw out Ishmael and throw out Hagar. Kick him out. I don't want any part of them. They're not mine. Ishmael, and boy, you can't miss that. That's just like what you and I do when we try to help God out, use our own ideas, our own efforts, our own working to try to help God get, get, get his program going. Now, Isaac, on the other hand, speaks of grace. Verse 26 but Jerusalem, which, and, and by the way, go back to verse 24 and 25 just for a second so that we, we touch on what, what, what's there in the allegory. Uh, Ishmael is born after the flesh. That is, he's born after the works of the law, after the performing of human effort, human viewpoint, human planning, human effort, uh, doing, some, uh, do, doing it on our own. Uh, Isaac is born of the free woman by promise just trusting God's Word, God working. Humanly, it's impossible, so you just have to let God do it, and it's God's working. Verse 24, which things are an allegory, for there are, are these are the two covenants. It'll be law and grace. The one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is, is and this is in the allegory, is Mount Sinai, in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. The, the, the nation Israel, at the time of Paul, were still under the, the system, living under the system uh, that, that is represented by Hagar, living under the, the system given to them, the religion given to them at Mount Sinai, the Mosaic Law. And thus they're in bondage. Not only is Jerusalem in bondage to Rome, but her children in bondage to the law. They're ignorant of God's righteousness, going about to establish their own righteousness, and thus have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God, which is in Christ. But, verse 26, there's another mother, and there's another son, and there's another principle. Verse 26, but Jerusalem which is above is free, which is the mother of of us all. There it is. 
There's the mother of us all, Jerusalem, which is above. Now, how in the world is that? Now, boy, you can hear some real strange ideas about this verse. <laughs> Jerusalem, which is above, what is that? Well, that's in contrast to the Jerusalem, which is in bondage on the earth. Uh, come with me to Hebrews chapter number 12, because there is something for you to, you to grasp here about what Paul's saying. Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of of us all. There was a city that God had promised to Abraham. And this city was going to be given to Abraham not on the basis of his works, but on the basis of a free gift uh, from God, something God promised Abraham. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 18, he, he, the writer says to Israel, For you are not come unto the mount that might be touched. That's Mount Sinai on the earth. Verse 22, But you are come unto Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now that heavenly Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 22, uh, chapter 21 rather, comes down out of heaven to the earth. And God literally brings his city down and plants it and dwells with man in the earth. Abraham was looking for that city. Uh, Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11 you go down to about verse number 10, talking about Abraham, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham dwelt, he sojourned in the land of promise as a stranger, verse 9 says, um, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him, uh, with him of the same promise. Why did he do that? Because he looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. He didn't get that city quite yet. That city didn't come through for him. He died not having received the promises. These all died in faith, not having re having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a city and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desired a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. You see, Abraham knew that God was going to give him the city. Jerusalem, which is above, is free. The way Abraham was going to get his inheritance, his blessing, all that God had for him, that new Jerusalem was on the basis of a free gift. God simply promised it, and it was going to come based upon the fact that God was going to give it to him as a gift. Now, that free gift principle, Jerusalem, which is above, is free. It's a gift. You don't work for it. You don't perform for it. It's given to you as a gift. Abraham sought it because God had promised it to him. He's looking for the city God built, not one he was going to build, one God is going to build. That free gift principle is the mother of us all. The free gift principle is the source of our life. A mother is the source of life and blessing, where, where, where your blessing comes from, where your life comes from. And Jerusalem, which is above, is free you see, God giving to Abraham, God gave him Isaac, 
because he promised it. God gave him, will give him New Jerusalem because he promised it. And that principle of you need something, God promises it to you. Don't go out and try to do it on your own. Don't go try to help God out and have, you know, have a bunch of Ishmaels in your life. Just simply trust, rest, rely in the promise of God. So Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. It was a city that was a gift of God to Abraham and to his descendants. And just as God gave to Abraham and to Israel New Jerusalem, just as he gave Sarah Isaac, he's freely given us all things in Christ. That's the, that's the issue. And that's where you need to stand today. You, don't, you that desire to be under the law, don't you hear what the law says? The law says that you have to be perfect to get the blessing. You're trying to perform today. You're trying to do things whether it's to get saved, get life, get get peace with God, or in your Christian life, like the Galatians were, they were already saved. But they were trying to get the best out of the Christian life, get all that God had put in it for them. And they thought, well, now that God has saved me by his grace, I should go out and work. I should go out and live. I should go out and serve him. I should live for him. I should work for him. I should do some things. And they were going out producing their Ishmaels. They were going out with their human viewpoint, with their own efforts and their own, their, their, their own uh, uh, contributions, and, and making a mess. They were being scriptural even. They were following something that was in the Bible, but it wasn't the Word of God rightly divided. And Paul says, don't you hear what's going on? He said, look at the great illustration, the beginning of the life of Israel. There's Ishmael and there's Isaac. Abraham had both of them. One God said, it's not mine. That was yours. You did that. I won't accept it. The other said, here, this is my gift to you because I promised it to you, because I told you in my word it would be. And it was the working of it. Think about the day Abraham went to Sarah and said, okay, he's an old man. They they, They can't have children. Their sex life was over. And Abraham says to Sarah, God said we can have a boy. And now's the time. Now, I don't know about you, but I expect Sarah probably looked at him and said, you dirty old man, what you been watching on TV? <laughs> what kind of videos you been watching? But by faith, they went and had that son because God gave it to him as a gift. Well, you see, that's the principle that God has given us all things in Christ in like manner. He's freely given us all things in Christ. Paul says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, made us complete in him. You don't have to live today and and define yourself and your identity based on your failures, based on your performance. Identify, define yourself the way God does by who he's made you in Christ as his gift to you. And let it be Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let your hope of glory rest in who God has made you in Christ. Let Christ dwell in your hearts by faith because you have an understanding of his word to you. And the word of God, your faith resting on an intelligent understanding of God's word to you, gives you gives you the, the, the life of Christ living in you. Let me offer you a free Bible study tape that will help you. Get out from under the performance system of religion and live in the light of God's wonderful grace. Get rid of the Ishmaels in your life and start having some Isaacs. 
The tape is entitled, Kick Out the Old Woman. Now, that's kind of a harsh title, but it's it's a teaching of this passage because that's what God says. He says, take Hagar and Ishmael and throw them out and just have Sarah and Isaac in your life. It's a study of the difference between law and grace, how you can have victory in your life on a daily basis for God's glory. If you've ever longed for that, this is a Bible study you need to hear. I'll be glad to see that you get your free copy if you simply call me here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. You call and request your copy of Kick the Old Woman Out, and I'll see that you get a free copy of this Bible study. Uh, it's, it's, it's important for the grace of God to take root in your life. It'll happen as you study His Word and then have your faith rest on an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you and all that God's accomplished for you in the person of Jesus Christ. That's what this Bible study is about. It can change your whole life for God's glory. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. If you'd rather write, you can write me here at the Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. Or if you surf the web, you can find us on the, on the World Wide Web at graceimpact.org. Easiest way to get in touch with us, of course, just call the toll-free number, 888-535-2300. And I also need to mention to you that we have a, a, a Bible study, a Bible Institute, rather, uh, ministry entitled Grace School of the Bible. Uh, it's a three-year Bible Institute program specifically designed to bring uh, the believer to the place of full maturity, godly edifying, Paul calls it, perfecting the saint, so that as a full-grown, mature saint, you can... You can serve the Lord in the way of wisdom. You can make wise choices about how and when and, and where you should be serving. And you can live your life on a daily basis by faith. Walk by faith. Um, your faith resting in an intelligent understanding of God's Word to you. That's how you have victory in the Christian life. That's how you have mastery over the details of life on a daily basis. You know, your Christian life is more than religion. It's more than just duty. It's more than experience. It's a way of life. It's the result of God's Word working effectually in you that believe. Grace School of the Bible is designed um, to fully establish a believer in the doctrines of grace. We follow Paul's design for the edification of the believer, and we also make the school, the classes available to you on an extension basis through the use of video. You don't have to come to us. We'll come to you. If you ever wanted to be a real student of God's Word, let me send you this information. Also, can I tell you that there are people in your area right where you are this weekend that will be meeting together around the truths of God's Word, rightly divided? I'd like to put you in touch with them. So why don't you call uh, our, our, our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. There are folks sitting there right now ready to talk to you and share with you this information. I'd like to put you in touch with the people that are putting this, state, this program on the radio right here each week. 888-535-2300 is the number to call. Thanks for being with us again today. Till next week, Maranatha. I want to Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.